Greetings and welcome, and welcome to episode three. We got three generations of nerds talking. We got Gen X. Hello. <laughs> I forgot I'm not Gen X. <laughs> I was I was prepared for the Gen Z entry. Man, you, you want to be the illness, you want to be Gen X. Gen no, X no, no, that's not true. That's not true. <laughs> you kinda do. You kinda do. But anyway, here we got here we got Gen X, we got millennials, and we got your Gen Z front and center ready for you. In this episode, we're gonna be talking about the commercialization of superheroes and whose stories gets told. And we're going to start off with the boys. The ultimate and let's get this money. Get the secure the bag. Let's get the bag. The bag. The bag. <laughs> money, money, the bag. Bag money. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, that's one of the things like we've talked about, which is interesting is that that's like sort of the sub, the sub I guess the subcontext to the boys, which is so interesting, is that it, it runs a uh, counter narrative to Marvel. Right. It's sort mm-hmm. of like a, a parody of Marvel. Right. In that here you have this organization called Disney that's <laughs> telling superhero stories. Mm. And if this was in the real world, if Thor was a real person, if Doctor Strange was a real person, if Spider-Man was a real person, how would these things play out? Right. If we really knew your backstories, how would this play out? And <laughs> It's almost as if the boys jumped off where Civil War and the Watchmen, it takes those points in those universes and says, okay, let's go there. Because usually, like the thing about the hero is you have a secret identity. Right. There comes a point, be it Marvel, be it the Watchmen, where you're not secret anymore. We know all about you. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. Where the boys takes off is sort of that is that is that is Mondia's character, right? That here I am, you know me, <laughs> I'm that guy, and you love me, right? And how can we get paid, <laughs> right? So yeah. it's as if the boys is like the corporation void is like the corp is like the corporate <laughs> as Mondia's, right? Word, mm-hmm. wow, right? You know, and yeah. And um, Marvel, you know, through its comics and, you know, through its, you know, MCU, sometimes you get like the corporate capitalist aspect. You know, I would say the boy sort of takes that, you know, head on in a way that those don't. It sort of combines, you know, the stories that are being, you know, written and, you know, screened, you know, um, you know, the big screen, but combines that with the franchise as a franchise. So, you know, the merchandising, how, you know, the selling of toys and, you know, the deals and whose story we're going to tell, you know, who's the most marketable, who's not marketable, um, who do we have to change? You know, <laughs> they, it's combining both, you know, for the MCU which would be sort of two separate, you know, the fantasy, which is, you know, the, the movies and the reality, which is Disney's making a profit. And it combines that into one show. I think it was wild. Cause like, I don't think that either, like, I know the Gen Z or didn't. And I don't think the Gen X or it was around. Cause you heard me talk about it, but it was 
something that ties a little, I think a little bit closer to this idea of, again, like heroes in the real world. And that's the series, the old series called Heroes. That was on NBC. Oh, I remember that. Mm-hmm. So that took the idea of, again, hey, you have lived your life from, let's say, you are now 10 to you are now 40, right? 45. And the day you wake up and boom, you can fly. You have super speed, right? Um, you are a telepath. Where in, the, where in both DC and Marvel, they have like an entire infrastructure that's ready for you to kind of like, hey, we, we got you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, yo, we got Justice League, right? Or we got, you know, Justice Society, we got Teen Titans, or we got, you know, X-Men, New Mutants, all of that. Fantastic Four. In Heroes, it was like, I've been a cop for my entire life, and now I can read minds. But I've also had this issue with, like, substance abuse. And if people just start to hear me talk about, like, hey, I can read minds, they're going to think I'm nuts. That's real. Right? But it's mm-hmm. like, <laughs> like, but how do I do that? Where, you know, the boy said, you know what, we're going to put this infrastructure around you. It says, you know what, when you get your powers, as a matter of fact, it's not going to be by accident. <laughs> we, know when you're gonna, <laughs> we know when you're going to get your powers. And when they manifest, we got a whole, we have a whole job just ready for you if you want it if you mm-hmm. don't we got a whole cell waiting for, <laughs> waiting for you too <laughs> we still gonna pump you with drugs we still gonna pump you with drugs though <laughs> get drugs. and that's funny and that's funny that you like you you i remember heroes i, I forgot about heroes now i remember heroes and what's interesting is like about whose stories gets told and how it gets told. You have Starlight, mm-hmm. and then you have Marvel's favorite character, Captain Marvel, right? Very similar. Very similar, right? Mm-hmm. The one says, I'm, I'm from, you know, middle America. Here I show up, you know, the blonde, I have blonde hair. Look, oh, uh, look at me. Yeah, look I'm, at you me. Know, I'm corn fed. I am your hero, right? This, this one, you know, Captain Marvel comes from space, right? But it's the same, it's very similar. They even have similar uniforms, all right? But the, 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 but the interesting part is, is that, you know, just as a lot of the complaint of Captain Marvel is for those of us, you know, Gen X in the house, you know, like, wait a minute, she's not saving anything. I don't care what you say. <laughs> She got taxed by Rogue. Touch <laughs> right? it, like, give me all of that. Taxed by Rogue, <laughs> right? And Rogue is the joint. And then eventually she becomes binary, and binary yeah. is the joint. But when she was Captain Marvel or Miss Marvel, nobody cared. Corny. Nobody cared. But ironically, you have Starlight. So Starlight shows up. So just add, but that was clearly. A corporate decision. Clearly, there was some corporate roundtable, some demographic analysis, some political testing, and we said, 
you know, we ran the AI machines and machine learning and we said, boom, this is going to win, <laughs> right? This is going to win. And people were like, no. By the same token, Starlight or flip it, however you want to put it, Starlight shows up and is like, I want to be a hero. And they're like, no, you can't be the hero you want to be. Why? Because the corporation told you so. <laughs> That's so interesting, right? It's the same thing with the deep. Okay, the deep, you're a creep. You suck. You're whack. We don't like you anymore. You go into the B team. You need help. Right? But you can tell Stormfront. Stormfront's a freaking Nazi. But it's like, okay, okay. We can still sell that. We can make money off of that. We just got to put that away somewhere. But we can make money off of you. And it's like, really? <laughs> and then Queen Maeve, right? Queen Maeve was like, you know, I want to keep my private life private. No, we can make a buck off of you. Rainbow flags, rainbow flags, rainbow flags. And it's like, how, how does this work, right? And that's one of the things that as the, as, you know, the Gen X from that, from the minority in America, right? You, one of the things you always raise your hand is like, wait a minute, whose stories get told? Right. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that attracted me to the boys a little bit is like, well, wait a minute. I get this. I get the cynical nature. You know, and I, I really loved it. But I thought it was interesting how it did this parody that I don't think really kind of gets blown up enough that they're basically Marvel. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. You don't know what actors and actresses do when the lights go off. You're not supposed to know. Right. But. I really like that. I really like that about, you know, boys of that, the story it tries to tell. But even if we, if we go to the beginning of the boys and sort of look at, um, you know, the start off of the season, season one, you know, it's Huey who is, you know, this, you know, he's just hanging out, you know, he's just working, you know, he you know, wants to get married. And, you know, his girlfriend gets run over, run into. Run through. Run through. <laughs> Obliterated. <laughs> by, by a superhero. And so we already are starting with the sort of, you know, this, this, this topsy-turvy of narrative. You know, all superhero stories typically start with the hero. And the superhero, you know, most superhero movies start with the superhero, not some, you know, random person. I mean, maybe it's a random person getting saved, right? Mm -hmm. But usually they're getting saved and then they make their big entrance or they're making their entrance, you know, some, some other way. And so we're starting the story with already two sides being subverted. We have our main character who turns out to be sort of our hero, right? But he's completely right. normal. You know, in quotations, and <laughs> and then we have our superhero who is now the villain running through his girlfriend, and and you know we're starting out with that context, the narrative sort of structure, and now you know when we're getting into the episode and getting into that sort of plot, you know Huey's, you know you see these you know superheroes plastered on his wall, you know you see that he you know he he idolizes these superheroes and he's trying to understand okay my girlfriend just got run over by one of these people. And, and, and now he's now trying to, you know, now trying to get some sort of justice for himself and his girlfriend. And, you know, they're sort of signing it off, you know, here, I'll sign it off, boo-hoo, 
you know, oh, okay, you know, we're gonna be, no it happens all the time, you know, we're <laughs> gonna re- you know, we're gonna, you know, just, you know, we'll sign the paper, we'll give you some money, you know, just to shut up about it, you know, we'll set it, we'll shut it to your, see how sad we are, but then, you know, I'll, I'll race someone else the next day, right? And so, you know, it's sort of, the boys, this is a really cool thing of, it's already subverting it, even in its structure, but it's also in sort of, you know, the plot that's already unraveling, where you have you know, a character who's being forced to be a hero when he's just some normal guy just five minutes ago. He's Spider-Man. <laughs> Word. He really is. He's Spider-Man. He really is. See, that's... <clears throat> see, see, now that, see, now that they're... Now that we're making the... Um, you know, because like, I knew... I always put that that, that the boys was poking fun at both um yeah. you know both dc you know the dceu and you know the not, Snyder, the not Snyderverse. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, now they're making fun of the they're parodying the not Snyderverse and the mcu like the mcu like i always looked at it like the the mcu behind the cameras and the and the not Snyderverse in front of the cameras right yeah inept but it's so wild about that because it's like the one of the like one of the main character one of the main protagonists right Huey and again that's by default he's a protagonist by default because he is the underdog there is nothing he is always going to be left shorthanded going against anything in this world you know, he has a relationship with Starlight. Starlight is clearly a super powered being. If he was to, if he was to ever kind of like, you know what, I'm done with you, he could die. You know, then there's Homelander. You know, practically, you know, pra- practically the god. Well, he's the demigod of the universe because you know who the god of the universe is? Stan Edgar. <laughs> Stan Edgar. <laughs> right? And even um, his boy, who is basically the Punisher. Yes. Right. He could like if at any point, and we've seen, and you see this through season one and two. If Huey ever really gets in his way, he will not hesitate to kill him. That's right. But still, Huey does some horrible stuff in the show. <laughs> it's like yes, he does. <laughs> like we should not be there. It's like there is a fact. The only people that you can almost root for are the citizens. Yeah. Because everyone else is like, you're horrible. <laughs> everyone yeah. is like, you know you what's funny? Suck. But you know what's funny is that in many ways, Huey is sort of like the moral center of yeah. that universe, right? A little imperfect, trying to figure things out. And he is, that's why you bring up like the, the DC universe, right? Is that that is like you know, the fan, the person who, Huey is like the us character. Huey's the all of us, right? <clears throat> and you will be disappointed, like, the hell? What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? And it's like, yeah, you killed my girlfriend. In the real world, it's not that dramatic. Right. But in some ways, your, your, your heart has been broken, right? In that it's on the screen, but if you're a DC person, you're like, oh, this sucks, right? But when you flip it, if you're the Marvel person, you're like, yes, 
<laughs> right? This is, you know, as a Gen X, this is my thing. I've been waiting for this <laughs> for a long freaking time. And look, it's right there. But, you know, Huey is, is like the all of us character. He's the all of us in that. He's that person who is watching, wanted to, wanted to be one way, mm-hmm. and then finds out it's a cold world. Come on, Marlo. <laughs> it's a, Come you on, Marlo. That's right from the wire. You Come want on, this other way. It's that other way. And what do you do with that? And just as he's the moral, the moral center, mm-hmm. Stan Edgar, as in the real world, Stan Edgar and whoever else is down with Stan Edgar is the one pushing the buttons and pulling the strings. Just as in the Marvel world, right? This this as they gave gave us Captain Marvel, right? They're sitting around saying, we're going to do this today. And they are in control of Hulk. They killed Iron Man, <laughs> right? It wasn't Marvel. It was that inf- that that corporate thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sent Captain America back in time. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, what? What? How does this work? What do you do? Right? <laughs> we don't kill people. We're not J.K. Rowling. We don't kill our characters. <laughs> they just live on. We freaking live on. Right? Oh, well, they end up in a different universe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just to come back. Just to come back. <laughs> There's always a plot hole somewhere. Just to come back. Yes, they right? can Loki's always come hole. back. Loki's the plot hole. But, um, but like going back to sort of what you were talking about with um with i think you know people having their stories chosen and the boys you know going you know with starlight and you know as you said queen Maeve, um you know they're they are they are people right they're people who have either for better or for worse have you know gotten injected with compound B and are now, you know, auditioned to be superheroes, were chosen and are these superheroes. And so, you know, at the same token, they're also, you know, they're also just people. And so as people do, you know, you go through different things, you have different, you know, moralities, different philosophies, different identities. And Unfortunately, when you are part of this sort of larger corporate scheme, as they are, those things are, you know, those things either make you really vulnerable, you know, you can use your job, you lose your position, or they become marketing, they become, you know, they become plot lines in your movie, they become... Um, ways to sell more toys, then they become ways of expanding audience. And so, you know, and even the worst parts, like um, Stormfront, she was a Nazi, but they used her Nazi tendencies to appeal to a specific audience, to mm. increase their audience. They were like, you know, you're a Nazi, okay. <laughs> but, you know, we can use what you're, you can, we can use sort of the, the, uh, a core of what you're saying and we can expand their audience we can delve we can dig deep into our audience so we can make more money at any cost you know it doesn't matter that you know this is coming from you or this is um pretty bad you know pretty bad to you know embed um an audience with this sort of rhetoric as i think was shown in the boys 
Mm-hmm. But they did it for for you know for some some change, big change, but change. Um, you know the bag, and say, and so with Queen Maeve, you know Queen Maeve, you know she didn't want to she didn't want to come out, but she was outed by Homelander, you know, and in, in as a, as a form of blackmail and revenge, and you know in some ways now she's able to you know be um, be with her girlfriend in an unfortunate circumstance but she's also now her identity is also being sort of you know touched up for the camera right they're not gonna say oh you're you know you're bisexual or oh you're queer like oh you are just lesbian because this fits what we need so we can you know make money and so the boys is a very good job of sort of you know taking people who are very who are you know people who, and because they are where they are, you know, they're everything they are is a source of is either a plus sign or a minus sign in terms of money. Mm. And it puts that in a very and it puts that in, in a heartbreaking sense in some pl- places and sort of like, a, oh, that's bad <laughs> in the case of Stormfront. <laughs> um, but it does that very clearly. Yeah. And that's analytics. When and that's like the things like how you are eventually you are just an input into a computer, into an out to a, to a model to an algorithm on a computer. And that's all you are, right? And that's funny about the usability. You know, in the in the news right now is Britney Spears, right? Britney Spears was huge until we didn't have any need of you anymore. And there's something sad about that and even when you watch and that's again what attracts the boys to me is that it's attractive to me is that it kind of tells that story like yeah the deep is trash right but he's disposable right and we just looking for someone else to replace you and you see the same thing with athletics right is that Mm. you're just a widget Mm. and we can replace you and just as um kids in athletics in many ways, you're just a kid, you know, you're three or four years old, and some way your parent says, you're going to play tennis, kid. You're going to play football, kid. You're going to play lacrosse, kid, right? And then you become good, and then you become part of this machine. And this machine kind of takes you from there. You know, I remember someone was asking me, and I said, never, don't let the sport raise your kid. Like, her son played hockey. Like, youth hockey, I said, don't let the sport raise your kid. And when I watched the boys, I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> don't let the thing raised your kid. And so there's sort of sadness to it about Starlight because she went there, look, I want to, I'm a, I'm a true believer. And then the dude sexually abusing, you're like, what? She's like, what the hell is this? What is this thing? And then she sees Homelander's trash and she's still like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And she learns that her, you know, what she thought was a gift that she just happened to have is actually something her mother had paid for yep. um, to have. And what's crazy, why don't more people know this? That's a little, little sidebar. It's like, yeah, yeah, you know, I heard from my, from my friend that their kid went through that program <laughs> and that's how they got big. <laughs> like, what? I'm gonna do the same thing for my kid. That's how that's how it goes, sort of in the real world. You know, there are no secrets. 
right? We're gonna like that's how you got paid. Oh it's hell yeah! I, I know it's a, it is right. a bit of a Stan surprising Edgar. secret. <laughs> Stan Edgar's already on it. You know, Stan get Edgar's like, I right, bet I got this. Watch me, watch me spin this. Watch me. Spin I mean, this. I, yeah. yeah, yeah. Go on, go on. I was just gonna say like <laughs> because when when uh, when we were talking about Maeve, immediately I just sort of like. Yeah, that was an episode, just a quick little sidebar in Loki. It's just kind of like, yeah, just hinting. I'm just like, no one cares. We want to see Loki be Loki. It's Loki be Loki. But someone said, we'll make, we'll make money off of this. It's mm-hmm. like, just tell and, me, you know. No, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. No, you know, just tell me the story. It's like, again, from the Gen X point of view, it's like, wait a minute. I've been seeing Loki for 50 freaking years. <laughs> what, what is this new thing? What is this new thing? I don't get that. But and that's a sort of challenge, right? Is that do we as a society grow and encompass, grow to encompass all that we are as a global community, right? And or are we just what sells? And that's a part I think Marvel's trying to figure out. DC is just trying to make a good movie. <laughs> right. This is trying to be a good movie. More listen, to get that out. I got listen. I got a solution for for the not Snyderverse. Like they're really trying to like, are you doing this because it is because we are saying something about the larger global community, which we are, or are you doing this thing because it's also marketable. Right, like yeah, a friend of mine. We've been going back and forth about what we would like to see with Shang Chi. Yeah, yeah. Because in short, like this is this is how we saw it. We we and whoever's listening to this, if this sounds really great and it doesn't come out like that, we apologize because we will be we will be just as disappointed. <laughs> we'll be Huey <laughs> ripping shit off the walls. Ah. Get the toys away. <laughs> the way he just broke down all of the potential Chinese lore, mm. he like we both saw. Hey, it looks like you're paying homage to old martial arts flicks, which are kind of like where you where you act like um like flying dragger, like flying tiger, hidden dragon. It's like where well, you're paying homage to that. Well, also, I mean, I saw when Shang Chi was in the bus. I'm like Jackie Chan, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And then also saying, well, we're also going to present you with a fly martial arts movie, right? So basically, you know, ringing all the bells until we get to where uh, Hollywood martial arts left off, which was back in the '70s with Bruce Lee. They say, like, we're going to hit all of that. And when we get to Bruce, we're like, we are now setting up what's next. You want to talk about one of the greatest martial artists in Marvel? It's him. Mm-hmm. What Bruce Lee's original game of death was supposed to be, where it's, let me, basically, Bruce Lee, you know, stunting on everybody, you know, front on everybody, said, yo, let me show you why Jeet Kune Do is the shit. Mm-hmm. Let me break down all these other rigid martial arts and show you why being fluid, being like water, and so, and, and you know, and so on. But that's how we saw Shang-Chi. So it's like, if you do that, that's a great movie. Yeah. 
Is it marketable? Of course it is, because it's a great movie, as opposed to we're trying to make something marketable so that it will be a great movie. So basically, it's like we're mar- like you have it with Shang-Chi as, again, the headcanon is that you have an opportunity to make a good film. And because it's a good film, it's marketable, as opposed to trying to make a marketable film a good film. And what's funny, mm-hmm. well, first of all, I've got to send, like, we had a quick power outage. So things sound a little bit dis- get, get disjointed. That's okay. We're rolling. We'll clean it up. It'll, it'll all get cleaned up in editing. So we'll but that's interesting that, that you say that, right? Because the, what is the original jump off for Marvel? For the modern Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's not Avengers. Mm-mm. It's not X-Men. It's that other guy. Blade. Wesley Snipes, right? Yeah. That's the jump off. Now, the irony is it wasn't considered a quote-unquote black film. It wasn't telling a black story. It was just, man, you know. It was dope. Let's just make a movie <laughs> with this, <laughs> with this G-level character. Playing. <laughs> All right. Yo, that's working. Boom, Spider-Man. If you like this, boom, here comes Spider-Man. Yeah. And that's funny, right? That that kind of gets to this, to, this, to this dynamic. Although, unfortunately, it wasn't a Black film, mm-hmm. right? Not like Black Panther was, that's our marketing. That's our yeah. sort of subtle social media sell. Yeah. At the time, it was like, yo, that's Wesley Snipes. Okay, he's doing a movie called Blade, <laughs> right? So like, Blade from the comic books? <laughs> okay, all right, all right, all right. Okay, let's get it. And that was it. And that gets to the, and even though people for, like no, it's so funny they do not tell that part. It was like, thank you, Wesley Snipes. We'll take it from here, right? Word. And he gets like no love. There's no like billboard. Like yo, he was first. So like rock and roll, right? <laughs> it's like yeah, we did this. Even cooking apparently, right? We did all this, but there's, but there's something very black about that. That you kind of laid a foundation, and we'll take it from here. We're good. We got this. And but that and that's your point. It's like there are those two sides. Like you can do like the Mandarin. Like, well, wait a minute. Hold up. Hold up. You're not going to do that. You can't do not that. Not in 2010. <laughs> not in 2010. You can't go with the Charlie Chan Fu Manchu tropes. You, you just can't do it because you're trying to make money over there. At the same time, what will we do? We'll take that black character and we'll push them to the side, take them off the billboards because we don't think it'll sell. So while on one side, they're trying to find these different characters Mm. and different stories to talk about a more pluralistic world. But when it comes to that dollar, they have a history of saying, take the black guy off the billboard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, (laughs) yeah, wait, say that again. No, so I'm confused, right? Like Hollywood yeah. does have this history of trying to be pluralistic and tell people stories, but then they'll do the Hollywood so white, right? Yeah. So there's yeah. that balance, but then there it's known that when you're trying to market in China, at times you take that black character and either take <laughs> them off the billboard or move them to the background. Because the thinking is if we want to maximize our dollar in China, we can't have a black guy or the black guy. But mm. you'll make but, they, but that's the thing about the Shang-Chi. It's like, is this really a money play? Mm-hmm. Because apparently 
there's a movie called Snake Eyes that's coming out. Yeah, I'm dude. like, I'm confused. It's brand confusion, trademark infringement, <laughs> trademark infringement. It's like, I'm confused. I'm confused. Like, are you guys really doing this? Are you guys really doing this? Is, is there a movie called Snake Eyes that's coming out at the same time as Shang-Chi? Is ah. this what's going on? Is it that cheap, right? I mean, I right. was like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> well, the same thing with... um. When, the uh, Drop the bag. Oh, <laughs> kick the ass. It's the same thing with Captain Marvel and Dark Phoenix. They came out around the same time. And it was like, ooh. Yeah, they ooh. Right. Like, ooh. Yeah. The comparisons are coming. Let's get this money. Get this None of them oh, work. <laughs> None of them work. But um I and, and I think kind of what we're getting to is, and as you guys said, is like, you know, we want these stories to be told because if we, you know, in, you know, when we go back, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years some of the characters, some of the identities, some of the plots that um, we can sort of talk about now and kind of do now, we couldn't do or couldn't do the same way. Mm-hmm. And so in, you know, God Loves, Man Kills, we have to use an allegory to talk about race. We have to use an allegory to talk about what it's like to be marginalized. But now we can go to Black Panther and we can sort of draw that metaphor a lot closer, you know, by showing, you know, you know, here's a black man who lost his father, who's trying to, you know, take back a part of him that was taken away from him. And, and for various, you know, various, you know, sort of, you know, cross sections with and draw parallels you can draw with, you know, what happens now. And, you know, you, and you, and it just drew it a lot closer than I, I think could have been done before. And they dedicated an entire movie to it. Yeah. And, and, and an entire, you know, they spent millions on that, doing that movie. And so at the same time, I think it's hard to look at a movie and be like, well, I know they made money. And I know, I know they did that because they can make money, right? They wouldn't do that. <laughs> They wouldn't, they wouldn't do that 10 years ago because like, well, we can't make money off of that. Mm. But they can do it now because they can make money. And they also want to because, you know, for the heart and the soul. But, you know, it's hard because those, those two things happen so tangentially that, you know, on one hand, yes, it's good that the things that, you know, I the things that you know, for example, make me me are now profitable when before they put attached negative sign to it, right? But I can all but I can also acknowledge that that move that that's still not good <laughs> because again, one that that movie is you know is in isolation because I'm still you know I'm still not profitable, <laughs> you know. You know, I'm I'm still not profitable in every context as as equally and equitably as I am to what they would consider the normal person, the white person. You know, but at the same time, you know, I'm still happy that there was a movie that was that was done so well, yeah. and was in such a was such a good movie. Yeah, and that's what's fascinating. And that gets to the point is that does everyone get a story? Does every group 
get a story. Like, okay, I'm next. Where's my story? And that's the and that's the weird thing about this, like this hierarchy of storytelling and race in America. Who gets the chance to tell their story? And it's like once the Black Panther story is told, the other group said, we want our story too. And it's like, well, <laughs> it doesn't really work like that, right? Like, well. Because, and then you get quote unquote Captain Marvel, right? Mm-hmm. And because then it, it becomes almost cynical because both sides like, I just want a story. And then they'll just, okay, we'll just give you a story. As opposed to the layers and the texture that is Black Panther. Yeah. It was global in the sense that here you have this power and things are jacked up over the world. You ain't doing nothing. Now, that's Wakanda, but that's in essence America. In any quote-unquote powerful country, they're only with two or three in the world, right? But that, what good are you doing with all this power? Like, Bezos and them are going into space. Billions of it's dollars. Bye. Bye. People are dying. People are hungry. Get your money. Get your money. But is there something else you can be doing with your money, though? Mm-hmm. Right? And that's sort of even, and, that, and that's the Wakanda sort of ethos. We're over here getting money. We're living the tech life. And ironically, yeah. and the irony is it kind of took place in San Francisco and Oakland, right? We have Silicon yeah. Valley yeah. and you have Oakland, right? And that's sort of like, that's a story there. So there's so many layers that because of the African-American experience in America, there's so many layers that ties into so many different things. But if you just want your group to tell a story, well, that's just kind of your group over here. And that's and that's the goal. Like, and then sometimes you can tell the story, and people are like, I don't want that story. The Watchmen, the Watchmen, no group latched on to the Watchmen, the HBO series. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa! It's a LGBT, oh, not whatever, oh, not right. It's a you no know, black whatever story. It's a woman. It's a, it's all those stories. It's empower. It's and it was freaking great, and nobody liked it. I mean, I liked it. Well, <laughs> people like me liked it, but it didn't generate that buzz. And that's what's interesting is that is it did it did that happen because it wasn't branded that way? It didn't have the you know the and per- like, yeah, and 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 perhaps you know if we also look at the history of black films in the United States, right? We had the black exploitation moment where it was like you know black right it was like it was you know it was that it was for that smack in the face like bam and something that I think is not I think is I think is there but maybe should be there more is sort of the the subtlety that is identity sometimes Mm. (laughs) it's that it's that when you, you know, you, you're a person who happens to have an identity that happens to affect a lot of areas of their life in very detrimental and very positive ways, in ways that people don't experience, other people do experience. And so many, you know, some, you know, of course, sometimes you get that moment where you're like, yeah, I'm this, I'm that. But, you know, at the, at the end of the day, you were just a person. You were not a token. You know, you are not a brand. You are not something to be ripped off of or made into, you know, more for marketing for dollars. You know, you are a person. And I don't always think 
the movies that, you know, that have, you know, identity X capture that capture like, well, it's just a person too. It said that it's just that these people are not written into movies because they aren't the ones making decisions because they aren't, because they, their identity isn't allowed to be on screen because it's not valued, because it's not valued by the majority of the audience because people are scared to tell those stories because they don't want to lose money. They don't want to lose fans. They want to upset fans. Karis once said, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, Karis once said many years ago, I guess it's okay to act demonic, <laughs> right? Huh. You can, hey, we can like, it's like Stormfront. We can make a dollar off of that. Apparently we can make a dollar off of that. Cause that was the point. It was like, you know, we want to talk about something positive and you criticize the rappers like in the late ladies, early nineties, but it's okay to act demonic. Cause that's what heavy metal was selling. Like we, so we can make money off of that. Like, really? Is this how it works? But so it's really wild about that. Yo, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. That's what Karis once said. I guess it's all right, okay to act demonic. But at the same time, shout out to Damon Lindelof, who's a white guy from Jersey who made the Watchmen. So you don't, and that's the whole thing. It's like, you know, just as maybe if the Watchmen was told by a gay female, right? by a black man, right? It would be, boom, okay, this is a win, <laughs> right? But it was, oh, this is some white guy telling the story. But it was freaking great. And that's the funny thing is that everyone wants it their way. And there's a dynamic, there's, there's something dynamic about that, which I think is really cool. I think that's, I think that's really cool, right? I, I like that creative tension. Because it seems like good things do pop out every once in a while. Like, I love Shaft. All the rest of them are trash to me. <laughs> Shaft was the joint, right? All the rest of them are trash. I'm talking about the original Shaft with yeah, the yeah. Isaac K soundtrack, right? That's a great film, right? Round three. Right? If you look at, you know, Black Panther, that was a great film. And it took years of push and pull to get that story right, right? Because just as you had Shaft, which is the joint, you had a bunch of garbage along with it. Some good ones, but not too good along with it, right? And it was, it was dismissed because it was a fad. That's how they treated it. Then you had Spike Lee and John Singleton and the Hughes brothers putting out some really good product. And then that went away. And then there's that push and pull, push and pull. And now you have oh, Peel. You mean, uh, um, now you have Peel. Peel, DuVernay, and, and um, what's her name? I want forget. Huh? That's the guy, right? Yeah. And that's the whole thing. And, and, that's, and, and you see, like, oh, that's okay. And as a fan, I'm with that. I'm patient. Kugler. Right? Ryan Kugler. Right. And I'm patient. And I think many fans are, you know. But that's the whole thing is that we can't sort of pick and choose who we want to tell our story. We just have to say, yo, it's a great story. And yeah, to take the, I guess to put it in short, in some ways, to take the burden of the identity off the character. Yes. I'm going to try and link what you both said, because there's what you said about, yeah, I guess I could talk about the devil. And <laughs> the whole thing about like, you know, telling your story, it's like, well, you have to tell it in the override, the overall, the overarching identity really is that of an American. Mm. Be 
again, to bring it back, like why it's so easy. So here's like kind of thing. It's like, it's so easy to tell the black story because we've been here for a pretty long time. It's freaking 1916, freaking 19 at least. <laughs> we've, been in, we've been in since 1619. So it's like, you know, we got some skin in this game, right? So there are certain nuances and certain things that we've maneuvered. It's like, okay, so if we want to tell just a story, it's like, okay, we know what to hit because we've been working this muscle, massaging this aspect right. for a very long time, right? Now to bring it back again to Shang Chi, because my friend was talking, my friend who I, who I was talking to, he's Korean, he's Korean American. Mm-hmm. His, I think he he's basing on the cusp of millennial and Gen Z. And he has an older brother who's a millennial, right? So there, so both him and his both him and his brother are first gen, uh, first gen, right? So when we were talking about especially what what had recently happened, well, when the when the shooting happened in Atlanta, so I was talking to my peoples, you know, Filipino, Chinese, Japanese, all of them, you know, kind of like yo, yo, you 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 have a shoulder here, you have an ear here. And then we, and then I got real with them. I'm like, this is, you now have to deal with your Americanness. Like if you want to know what it means to, to be an American, when a white man starts pulling his gun on you, boom, you're an American now. Yeah. So to bring it back to the Shang-Chi, it's like, well, we kind of, again, part of the headcanon is that this is like us dealing the AAP, the AAPI community saying like, well, if we are Korean and Japanese we got our own stuff to figure out. But it's like, that's when we're in Korea or in Japan. When you're here, it's like, you are under the umbrella of you are in America. So whatever you got to figure out, you have to figure that out over there. But that is kind of the thing. It's like, well, whatever your identity, it's still under the guise of being an American. And if there is this separation there, then you get Captain Marvel. Because then it's like, Yes. I'm just, it's like, well, not really. You're this other thing too. So how do you bring that up? Or yeah. if you're going to tell that very specific story, it's like, if you wanted to bring Captain Marvel, like, okay, Captain Marvel is badass. It's like, well, if you want to go with the canon. Binary. Boom. <laughs> if you want to go with the canon, right? Go binary. You have to. It's like. If you're gonna t- like I said, if you're gonna tell that story, then you get you know Captain Marvel. But if you tell, but if you're gonna tell this story, it's like, well, what does this mean under under the guise of being an American? You get something very nuanced. Like again, to kind of wrap it up, is that I was talking to a friend of mine, right? And I'm told like straight, you know, straight keys when it came to the MCU, and even when it comes to Marvel, like one of my favorite characters is Steve Rogers. Like Steve Rogers is so aspirational. Yes. He's like everything that Steve Rogers, everything that the United States wants to be, that's Steve Rogers. And the moment that yes. they get out of line, Steve Rogers is like, hold on. Steve Rogers is the moral compass of the country. He's like, um, when, you know, back in the 70s, when Richard Nixon was acting crazy, Rogers is like, what? I'm doing this. And he became no man. I'm a nomad. I'm a nomad. Now, because that didn't last, right? Then he was just like, you know what? He picked up the shield again and said, I have to be what this country and what people aspire to be. I got to be that. If my country can't be that, these stars and stripes, I'm going to be that. And that's funny. And I think that's wonderful that you said that. Because that's the whole thing, right? Look at Shang-Chi. Are you basically 
crazy rich Asians, right? Just because it's lazy. Yeah. Or are you going to try and tell that Parasite movie, mm. which was something about Korea, right? But translate that to that America to that to that American experience. Or he's gonna give me crazy rich ages in America. Give me Bruce Lee, but that's his name. <laughs> but no, but one thing about Bruce Lee, but even Bruce Lee was trying to work out his issues. Yeah. Right? Because he felt like, wait a minute, I'm over here in Hong Kong, y'all call me an American. Right? I'm over there, I'm over here, and you don't respect me in America. So whatever. Yeah, yeah. And he was working it out. Right. And that's the thing is that we can never, and I think that's excellent. You have to tell an American story. It could be whatever it is, but if it's an American story, there's go, you, you're telling me, and, 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 and the role model is in essence, Wizard of Oz. Because there was, um, because a lot, because a lot of the Hollywood people were Eastern European, primarily Jewish uh. immigrants, right? But they spoke to all, to many immigrants who came over, let's say in the late, like 19th century, you know, early 20th century, because they viewed the old world as black and white, but they viewed America as something in color. Mm. And mm. that's what, and that's what it was selling, right? Because you're telling me, let me tell you about my experience over here. And it's something, and that's that universality, right? But again, I think that's the part about Marvel and shout out to Marvel, right? Because it's like, it's this, this as Steve Rogers, right? You know, I get emotional when he picked up Thor's hammer. <laughs> I got emotional do. Thor's when he, when he put the shield back together with his mind. Bro, you know. You know, like, crying and whatnot. Because I was, yo, I was so moved. And, and he, like, I remember when he was, when he was tightening him up in the alley and he picked up the can, the can. How, not the can, but the, the can cover. I was like, yeah. I'm emotional. I'm like, I get it. You're talking to me. You're talking yeah. to me. You're talking to me. And that's the part. And that's the balance where we're kind of getting to. So we're going to let Gen Z wrap it up. But that's where we're kind of mm-hmm. getting to is it's not just, you know, you don't get your story for the sake of telling your story. Have something to say and say it well. Gen Z, take us home, kid. Oh, gosh. Um, I think, you know, we talked a lot about identity and storytelling and movies. And just to bring it back to something I said before, I think it's, you know, it's unfortunate that we sort of have to talk about, and we, we, we do talk about these movies um, that have characters minority characters this way because you know they have such a burden you know at one at one hand we want them to be specific to us yes because there are so few stories that are on such a big stage marvel is a huge stage you know you have care you have actors who who are these legendary actors you know new actors Two, you know, in this billion dollar film with all this, you know, 
all this, you know, you know, people are what people are watching worldwide, you know, they grow so much money there, you know, they launch careers. And it's such a big stage. And where there's so few characters for, you know, people who, you know, hold up who are marginalized. It's it makes sense that you want your you want someone like you there. Mm. Because they don't they only exist to you. As a marginalized person, you constantly run into people who just who don't see you. Who I don't see you as a person. I don't see how your identity affects you because of how other people, you know, see you. I don't see color. <laughs> and so and so you are constantly rendered invisible. And so and so you see the visibility, like, you know, you find I remember as a kid, you know liking Pixar movies because they didn't have people in them for the most part. You know, I liked Finding Nemo because I didn't have to see, you know, a white person or a black person. You know, I ju- I could just see me. Whereas, you know, with Disney princesses, you know, I, <laughs> I, you know, everyone loves Cinderella, but I'm not Cinderella. You know, I don't get my glass of remote. I, I don't, I don't see myself in her. You know, I could, I can draw the strings out as much as I can, but I can't make my hair look like that you know and so it makes sense that you know you want you know you want that you know that that character who just does it for you but at the same time we put such a burden on those characters because we know that they're being received by other people because that's that specificity that exists to us that these people are individuals and they don't represent monolith that does not mean that the people watching it will see that they'll see oh this is everyone oh this you know they have to be you know Oh, if they're not, if they're evil, everyone's evil, you know? And so, you know, I think, you know, for me personally, I just want to see, you know, I want to see it be organic because, you know, in, in, in our country right now, it is organic, you know, people are just people and I, and I want it to feel organic. I don't want it to feel like it's just some, you know, oh, we're going to make money, you know, ah, you know, or, oh, this is going to be great for this, you know, ah, or this or this. I just want to feel like, okay, this is an organic story that is free of that burden just a little bit. You know, it, it still has, there's still unfortunately some because we live in a society where it has to have some, but I want its story to flourish. I want the person behind that story and the people behind those stories to flourish. And that's why we started this off with Huey and we're going to end with Huey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're done, I guess. Yep. Bye. Bye.